Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 2 of the all new Football Kid Podcast brought to you by Chris Oakley and me, Rich Johnson. It's The Devil Wears Pallada, a nice little niche title there for all of you enthusiasts. And today's episode we will be covering the kits of World Cup 82. Uh, but before that, let me introduce my uh, lovely co-host, Chris Oakley. How are you, Chris? I'm very well, thank you very much, Rich. Hello, listeners. Nice to be back again. How are you? You, you, Wait, you, you Rich, and the listeners. The listeners. <laughs> I don't know what the listeners are going to say. We're okay. Oh, there you go. They're okay. So that's fine. <laughs> uh, I am also okay. Thank you, Chris, for asking. Uh, yes, so we've made it to episode two. Uh, we didn't completely give up after the first episode. So that's a good start. Yes. Um, and as mentioned, we'll be covering the, the kits of World Cup 82. But before we dive into that... Uh, we've got a bit of kit news. Uh, we said we wouldn't do much kit news on these podcasts when we resurrected them, but we've decided that you can't do a podcast about kits without some relevant kit news. So, what have we got? So, the first thing on the agenda is New Zealand uh, getting a new set of kits from Puma, uh, mm. moving away from, I believe, Nike. Um, and I've got to say, the, the biggest thing about these is the introduction teal or turquoise <laughs> as an accent color Indeed. and not only that but on the shorts yes and i'm not quite sure how i feel about that frankly <laughs> i mean i'm not from new zealand or live in new zealand if only there was someone who was or did or I, is i think i know someone the correct words there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i've got this one i've got this covered um good yeah, Go yeah. well because like recently, like with Nike, that they've they've done sort of white home kits because they're the all whites, and you know normally you get a bit of black trim, and that's understandable because you know the rugby team is the all blacks, and uh, every, if you if you ever set foot in this country, you will see there's lots of black imagery everywhere. I mean, like you know company logos tend to be black. You will see the fern symbol and blah 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 blah. But yeah, all white for the home kit. That much we know. I think they have used teal as like an accent colour, but I got a feeling I should have checked this before we started. But I think it was like going way back to maybe the late eighties or early nineties, might have even been mid nineties, and I can't even remember which kit supplier did it. But I think they've dabbled with it once or twice, and nobody noticed because, as we know, New Zealand's stature in world football is not that high. But um. Yeah, not only are they going... What they're saying, I think, in the press release is that the home kit will be either all white, which is traditional, or they may use teal as the colour of the shorts, which is... um, Well, I mean, I think I'm with you on this, Rich. I'm going to wait and see how it looks because it doesn't make any sense to me. They've got like a a V-neck. Apparently, Puma have got... They've just invented wrap-over collars, Puma, so we're led to believe from all the press stuff. Um, And so on the home shirt you've got this kind of v-neck wrap over in teal um and it sort of looks all right on there but i I don't know i think as much as i like the color i'd rather see um new zealand football kits being black and white or white and black Uh, but i will wait and see how it looks i tend to agree with you there and i i mean we were talking just before we started recording this and i i did say I would like to see what would happen if they introduced the teal into the rugby team's um, colour palette. 
Mm. I don't think it would go down that well. Uh, I mean, I, no. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of Teal anyway, not being a fan of Windows 95, you know. <laughs> and uh, I just, I, no. I never really liked it when the England kit had turquoise on it, you know. So, mm, not a fan personally. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, like on the on the all black all blacks rugby kit, if if a bit of white appears, everyone goes nuts and saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa the purity of the kit and all that." Everyone, honestly, it's it's bizarre how traditional everyone is over here. I think the current all blacks rugby kit has got a thin bit of white piping just around the collar, and that's about as much as they dare include on the kit, other than the sponsor logo, and that's in white. And they've only just about kind of allowed that really. So, so. I think it's the, the 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 soccer kit is open to more variation in the eyes of the public over here. Let's put it that way. And so, moving from Puma adding entirely superfluous colours onto kits, they're just now adding entirely superfluous kits into teams, as Milan have two fourth kits coming up. Uh, to be worn against Napoli on February the 11th and then Monza on February the 18th, they have a white and a black fourth kit. Uh, in the first match, the outfield players will wear the black version and the goalie will wear the white version and then they'll flip for the following game. I mean, they're nice kits. Don't get me wrong. Mm. They actually look really smart. But uh, necessary? No, <laughs> no. Come on. What do you think, Chris? Um, I, I mean, I, I I thought it was worthy of mentioning the new section because it's more the concept that you can have two fourth kits because... Uh, you know, is one of them a fourth kit and the other one a fifth kit, or what? No, can they be? No, because it says they're two fourth kits. Well, so quite. even though you would count to five, it's definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> because, like, it, uh, as you say, not strictly necessary. I think these kits really have only been worn. Uh, sorry, have only been made because um, Milan just wanted to combine forces with this uh, Los Angeles streetwear company that do stuff that's got a kind of a punk metal grunge influence. And they thought, oh, it'd be nice to, you know, work with them. And okay, they've come up with a couple of kits. doesn't mean to say you have to wear them or it doesn't mean to say that they have to be football kits at all. Why not just make a sort of leisure wear range for want of a better phrase or, you know, non-pitch I was going to call it pitch wear there. I just think I've just come up with a, a, an interesting new uh, marketing term. But um, yeah, why not collaborate with them and say, yeah, make us some t-shirts, make us some tracksuit bottoms, whatever, and uh, and that'll be fine. But to, you know, they don't have to make a kit that's going to be worn on the pitch. So not necessary at all. I agree, Rich. Um, they're interesting to look at, but they're not, you know not making me want to rush out and buy them or anything. So it's, it's just all seems a bit unnecessary. Doesn't it really? Yeah. I mean, this is basically combining, combining two of my, my sort of pet peeves with kits is one is collabs. Which I can't stand that word. <laughs> uh, it's almost as, it's, it's almost as bad, but still not as bad as techers or an acker. <laughs> I, I hate that sense. I hate that phrase. An uh. acker. Christ. Uh, <laughs> I just said the old man. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so co- collabs and also uh, unnecessary kits. So yeah, I just uh, like you say, why can't uh, this is the thing? I think what's happening is things that would have been years ago leisure wear. Mm. They're thinking, well, if we just call it a kit, 
and then they wear it in one game. Or sometimes, like with blackout kits, they just never wear it at all, but we call it a kit. Then people will go, oh, well, I want to have that because it's a kit. And it's like, it's not a kit. It's not a kit, right? Yeah. It isn't. It's like pre-match shirts. Not a kit. I'm not going to get started on that again. <laughs> right, enough. I'm ranting. <laughs> Over to the next piece of news. Uh, Football League One side Shrewsbury Town have invited fans to help choose their away kit for next season. Uh, There's a kit supply called Oxen, who... Not heard of them myself. You heard of them, Chris? Oxen? Well, no, I think they've literally only appeared on the sort of British football scene in the last season or two. I mean, they're pretty new, as it turns out. Yeah, there you go. So apparently this is for the for the away kit for Shrewsbury, both predominantly white, uh, white with sort of orange accents. Uh, option one has a pinstripe shirt and plain shorts, and the second one has a kind of what would you class that as a sort of underarm sort of panel? I quite side like panel. number two shirt. Yeah, a side part. I quite like the number two shirt. It reminds yeah. me of a bit of like kind of nineteen eighties Luton. Uh, <laughs> however, initial reaction on the, to the designs on Twitter slash X let's just call it Twitter, uh, has not been favourable, with early comments ranging from these kits are shocking, to we really left Umbro for these, which <laughs> I really like. Uh, I quite like them, actually, but then I, I'll be honest, I don't know what Shrewsbury's normal away kits look like, so um, I'm sorry, I couldn't really pass comment in that, but I don't think they're that bad themselves. Um, hmm. I quite like them, what do you think? Yeah, I like them as well, but it's easy to be um, sort of positive about these things when it's not your team. But I mean, certainly going by the yes. going by the two diagrams, the two uh, illustrations that have been presented, uh, option one and option two. I mean, they look okay on that. I'm not sure I like the side panels because it, it. I think it reminds me of um, a, a West Ham kit um, that we had back in the '80s, and I. It was, I, think it, I was just going to say it was made by Scoreline, correct? And um, really cheap looking kit. Well, yeah, and I know, like, if John Devlin, our, our friend and kit aficionado, is listening to this, he's probably going to blanch visibly when I say this. But I, I really didn't like those kits at the time. And now, as a as a mature adult, I can see that there's a place for my, what you might call lesser kit supplies. You know, it doesn't have to be Adidas all the time and all and Umbro and all that, but. It, I, there's no getting away from it. I didn't like that West Ham kit back in whenever it was, 88, 1988 maybe. Um, and I look at that Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury Town option number two with the, with the sort of yellowy-orange side panels, and it's it's nice, but I don't know. I think I prefer option one, actually. I'd, I'd rather retain the purity of the white, maybe, but I think some of the comments are a bit harsh, but, you know, when people get on to... Twitter and X and all that sort of stuff, and you know, people forget the rule that just because you can speak doesn't mean you should. But anyway, I mean, the one thing I like about them is the fact that they are at least different. What I always mm. annoys me, I think we've covered this before, is when you when like a kit manufacturer says, "Hey fans, you can choose the next kit," <laughs> and they go, "There's four options," and you look at them and you think what's the difference between these four? <laughs> yeah. It's like literally one's got like a different color V-neck on it or something, but they're all predominantly the same sort of design. And that really annoys me. It's mm. like, well, that's not a choice, is it? You know, but at least these are two completely different designs. I suppose it might have been nice if maybe the collar was different because it does look a bit like a template. They've added extra bits to, but at least they are two distinct designs, mm. I guess. But as you say, easy for us to say when it's not our actual club designing them. <laughs> so 
Oh well, well I hope I hope whatever they get, they're at least mildly satisfied with. <laughs> um, another help? team asking fan input at the moment, yeah, is uh, Stoke City, and they're actually having uh, an inaugural fan assembly on Wednesday the thirteenth of March at the Club Bar Ricardo's, and then I mean I have an image of the Stoke City kit ending up like Homer's car from The Simpsons, <laughs> as it will be designed by three thousand voices, but at least. I mean, I like the way they're doing that. You know, at least that's a proper direct rather than when I'm hoping it's going to be a case of, you know, like where they actually ask you what what you like about the kit and what what elements are important Hmm. rather than just look, here's three kits. Which one do you like? You know, it sounds like it's going to be a bit more collaborative. But my note of caution with that is the last time that a major kit was done that way or a major design element was changed that way was the Everton badge oh, <laughs> in about t- was it 20, 2011 or 2012 or whenever it was. <laughs> and that was literally where they had a fan consultation and they said, what are the important elements of the Everton badge? And they went away and came back with the new badge, which if I remember rightly was warmly received on all fronts. <laughs> of course. Yes, indeed. Uh, as well as the Leeds United badge of a couple of years ago. <laughs> Oh God! And uh, <laughs> another entirely successful redesign. Absolutely. I mean, what the first sort of red flag there is that they're sort of um, saying that it's the first fan assembly, and that fans will be able to give their input now. Of course, uh, going essentially by what you just sort of said, fan uh, uh, clubs, I should say, m- might well seem to be listening to the fans at events like this. It doesn't necessarily mean to say they're going to act on the input that they get. I think, without wishing to sound too cynical, the main thing for the club is to be seen to be listening to the fans. And by inviting some of them into the um, club bar for a bit of a chat about a future kit design, you know, you've ticked that box. But, of course, what happens after that? They can go off and speak to the kit supplier and end up with anything they like. Um, it might be completely different and contain none of the suggestions that were made by the fans. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen here. It remains to be seen. It, I think it's a bit bizarre in a way that they're asking for suggestions for the 2025-2026 Stoke City home kit. It's, I know that's like that's the season after next. And I know it's it's all very good that they're planning ahead and all that it just seems a bit far-sighted in a way but um yeah we will see i mean i'm not sure we'll ever know what suggestions were made um i've got a feeling red and white stripes yes just a hunch <laughs> well that's a- i mean i'd love it if they said <laughs> if that was the only thing they suggested yeah we, we wanted red and white stripes um <laughs> okay any other suggestions no, no, we're all good. So long as it's just. got red and white stripes, we're fine. <laughs> and and then when they got the kit, they just went, yeah, we like that. It's got red and white stripes. <laughs> or even better, if they came back and it had no red and white stripes, it was all red. Yeah, blue and <laughs> like white stripes. What's called doing Southampton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, blue and white stripes. Doing a, a reverse Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yes, I know Cardiff didn't have stripes. Just to point out, I was just So we took on board your, your suggestions. We've We've gone with some of them. <laughs> But we've also added our own yeah. creativity in, and we think you're going to like what we've done. It's blue and white stripes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we took the white stripes, and we went with that. We and then we added a new colour in, teal. <laughs> teal and white stripes. There you go. Oh, dear. And 
and you'll love it till the cows come home. Oh, uh, God. Oh, God. Uh, Sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> um, right, anyway. And speaking of, like, which we kind of were a minute ago, about uh, changing club badges, uh, <laughs> National League side Yeovil Town have got a new badge. And I actually like it. Mm. I really like it. So according according to the kitman.co.uk, which is where we've nicked the, the uh the money, the money. Where we've <laughs> the we? words from. We haven't stolen any money, Kit Man. <laughs> Don't go looking. Don't check your accounts. Uh, the new badge features a pair of gloves inspired by the town's glove-making heritage, and is also a nod to the club's nickname of the Glovers. Now, I like this mm. because it has quite a sort of seventies vibe to it. I, there's something about. I love the font on it. Yeah. There's something about that font that's got like a real sort of, like I say, seventies vibe going on. <laughs> The only thing is the hands remind me of oil of Yule, and I will say Yule, even though it's been Ole for about sort of you know thirty years because I'm old. Um, and and I looked up the actual logos, and it is quite similar. It really is, but I really it like really it, is. and I like I. Do you know what? I even like the shield shape because it's different. Yeah. And I think yeah. when you look at their old badge, that was quite detailed. Oh God. And perhaps a bit over fussy. Mm. But again, I have to be careful as a Cov City fan. You know, because we have we do have one of the most detailed badges <laughs> left out there, but ours is I I mean the Oval Town one is, you know the old one is quite detailed, but this is nice. It's literally just two gloves holding of an old school football with the with the number eighteen ninety five on it, and then Oval Town FC sort of around the ball and a nice shaped shield. I just I, I just really like it, and it's all one color, so people are probably moan about that, but no, I love it. What do you think, Chris? I love it too. I mean, I don't want to sound pretentious, but I'm sort of looking at it from the point of view of, you know, graphic design rather than as a Yeovil Town fan. But um, I, yeah, it's terrific. I mean, for a start, it's not a circular badge. And I, yes, there are some good circular badges and it's and it's an old trope. You know, there's, there's been lots of circular badges down the years. But let's face it, in recent years, we've had, was it Brentford? Um, Man City brought their one back. And, it was, and you were starting to see this same look a circular badge with a sans serif font and it's just think oh god please and Yeovil Town have gone with something completely different as you say it's a shield but it's a it's a sort of quite a, a squat sort of shape um very sinuous curves um on, on the shield very nice as you say that font um, I can imagine that sort of like above Arkwright's corner shop, you know, um, from you know back in the seventies or something. It's that kind of thing, um, beautifully arced around, like above this old-fashioned football. And then you've got—I thought they were hands at first. I think like hands kind of held outwards in a sort of welcoming fashion. It looks a bit like two hands catching a, f- a football that's fallen th- out the sky, um, but it's—they're not hands as such they're gloved hands as as you said rich um and it's just it's a it's got its own distinctive shape that that badge and that's what i like about it it's got an identity all of its own um i think they've done a terrific job of it and the you know the old coat of arms style badge that they had is it, it is too fiddly for for the modern era I'm, I'm i'm really one for tradition me i love tradition but there comes a point when you have to accept the fact this is 2024 and badges are being shown on TV, on websites, you know, you name it. And there needs to be a bit of clarity. 
with these things and you're not getting it with a, a a fairly detailed coat of arms style badge you know you've got mythical creatures either side of a shield and and a ribbon around the bottom and all that it's you know it does need to be a bit clearer than that um but i think see you said oil of oil of Yule, which is a brilliant spot um it I, I was thinking what does it remind me of and i was thinking is it something like a like a quaker's um association and so I went to sort of search for that to see if I was thinking of the right thing. And I just got loads of pictures of, you know, packets of porridge. Um, but, um, it, what it, I then thought, is it something like a Christian volunteer society? So I typed that into Google and I was right. There's a few, if you, if you happen to do the same thing, listeners, you will see that a few logos appear on your screen and, um, and you have the same motif of these kind of open, welcoming hands. Um, but I mean, if you put all that to one side, <laughs> possible sort of, um, similarities and all that, um, I just think it's a terrific badge, but I know, um, that the Ovaltown fans are predictably up in arms about it, aren't they? Well, any change as we've found, and I get it if you're a Yeovaltown fan and that's been your badge for a long time, it's, I suppose a lot of people would see it as a real dumbing down because like I say the, the existing badge is very detailed and has a lot of details on it obviously pertinent to I would, I'm guessing the, the town rather mm-hmm. than the club necessarily but I don't know I just think I mean like I say if I was a Yeovil fan I could understand it but as, as a as a Cov fan who like wouldn't I say for our you know 50 years of the Sky Blues when we had that much simplified 60s reworking of a badge I really like that I would have been happy to have had that as our badge going forward much as I would have missed the Cov City badge so and I think this is a similar case here for me if I was a Yeovil Town fan I'd actually be happy enough with this new one I mean at the end of the day you've got I mean like for all the reasons you mentioned but you've also got like you know the scaling for modern media and which is I mean the original one I, we can all remember was when they changed the Arsenal badge to that lovely cartoon cannon <laughs> yeah. and but again, part of the reason they did it was because it's got a scale, mm. you know, as a vector graphic, it's got a scale. And it's a lot of these things don't scale mm. at all. I mean, you look at that Yeovil Town badge, if you scale that down to a much smaller image for, like, say, the website, it's going to look mm. awful. You know, you're not going to get any of the details of it at all. So I totally get why clubs do it. And also, a lot of the times, if you have a coat of arms badge, you can't copyright it because it's, it's the town's coat of arms so i get why clubs do it and i think this is a really nice i suppose i'd say a modern interpretation with a retro feel to it i mean that font i you almost get the font that if you you almost get the the feeling that if you looked at the font closely like all the letters would be like they'd just been you know hand drawn it has that vibe about it, and I, and I really like it. But like I say, I can understand if you're a Yeovil Town fan and you're kind of a bit upset about it. But I, I, I'd be happy with it personally. The, all I would say is, um, among the criticism, because this was reported on the BBC website, among the criticism uh, from fans that were generally sort of saying, "Oh, what is this rubbish?" or whatever, was one fan who said, "Looks like it's been designed on an etch sketch." Well, sorry, pal, but I think you've got the wrong reference there or the wrong metaphor because... Maybe a roach. Ma- well, <laughs> indeed, we'll come on to that in a sec. Um, but as anyone will tell you that's ever used an Etch-A-Sketch, uh, what you typically get by way of design pictures are things based on very thin lines and all drawn at 90-degree angles. Um, and this 
hasn't got a 90 degree angle anywhere in sight on this Yeovil badge. So, you know, if you're going to criticize something, get the details right. I mean, otherwise your, your, your utterance is completely invalid. Um, that's the end of that. Yeah, your sarcasm falls <laughs> short. So, but no, other, I, I love it. And we asked, we ran this past our mutual friends, um, John Devlin and Jay from designfootball.com, and they both like it. Uh, although, um, Jay raised a point. He said he's not sure about badges that have FC on them. And I, th- we might need to have an online poll about this because I wonder, I think you're either not bothered or you're really rattled by it. And, um, we need to maybe do a poll on our Twitter slash X page. You know, are you bothered when you see FC on a team badge? We'll come back to that some other time. But, but yes, talking about sort of retro toys, the one that Rich was talking about last <laughs> time was a roto drawer. <laughs> Who knew? Yes, we found we found it afterwards, and uh, we were doing a bit more looking into it because we were trying to basically this <laughs> <laughs> to go completely off topic here. Um, what we the, the, so this toy <laughs> was like a disc with a series of random, seemingly random squiggle lines cut into it, and then what you do is you have like a sort of uh, a sort of um, had like a frame that you attach to a piece of paper, and then this disc thing goes in the middle. And you draw a line, like say line number one, and then you rotate it and draw line number two. And then when you finished, in in the case of the one we had, you had a picture of a dinosaur. Now, Chris posed the entirely um, logical question of why not just have a stencil with a dinosaur on it? (laughs) And I don't know the answer. I don't know. I was trying to think maybe they had like different lines on it. So say like you had four sets of lines on the same disc Hmm. and therefore it would say like, you know, line b1 and b2 but i've I've just found some other ones and i don't i don't know if they did have multiples on the same thing <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know all that i know is that as with a lot of things like this in the 70s unless you actually spent the time fixing it all down mm. properly it didn't always work um and we had some quite strange looking dinosaurs <laughs> Uh, ones that looked like they'd sort of had some bad surgery gone wrong. <laughs> From the Chernobyl Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so uh, that's a little uh, ad break there. This uh, podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Rotodraw. Roto-Draw. That's Rotodraw <laughs> for all your bizarre rotary stencil needs. Indeed. And um, now back onto the, the foot. <laughs> yes. And so another team who are switching badges once more uh, are Serbia, who basically are actually going back to a previous badge. So in 2022, they moved away from from their their then badge, uh, which was a quite sort of simple shield shape uh, with some, you know, a, a nice 1970s football in the middle. And it was all very sort of plain and simple. And then they switched to a sort of uh, a lot more detailed sort of coat of arms, uh, two-headed eagle style badge. And apparently they're going back, um, which I'm surprised about because I've never been a big fan of that Serbia logo that they've, they had and then have come back to, and I think the two-headed eagle one looks much nicer. Yeah, well, it's more the 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 badge they've had for the last couple of years. It's it is more interesting. There's more detail, much more for the eye to sort of take in. You, as you say, you've got this two-headed white eagle, which is a sort of a national symbol, as I'm led to believe. But it is apparently a um, sports-specific badge. It's not a part of the like the the country's coat of arms let's say it was designed specifically to be worn on a football shirt 
Um, whereas the one that they had when Serbia arrived on the scene in 2002, I think it was, um, or at least in that World Cup that year, um, when Montenegro sort of broke away and became their own distinct country. So Serbia had this shield, which has got a round bottom. It's it's a red shield, but it's got a white cross. And as you say, a Telstar ball in the middle. Um, and so they had that up until two years ago, went with the two-headed eagle, which looks more interesting. But I don't know. I, I kind of like the one with the round, round bottom end. Um, it looks a bit retro to me. I think it reminds me of that Belgium... Uh, national team logo that they brought out a couple of years ago um i it's it's sort of simpler if it's going to be on a shirt it doesn't really need to be detailed in a way um and yeah i can sort of see the merits of both but it's just odd um you know apparently the fans didn't really take to the the eagle badge that they've had since 2022 and and now it's going again so there we are farewell eagle <laughs> goodbye eagle um, also just on a minor point I'm not a great fan of national teams that have the name of the country on it. On their badge. <laughs> ah, see, I, we've said this before. I, I think we're going to be creating ever more and ever more longer list of commandments as we do these podcasts. <laughs> we're just going to think of stuff There's as we're 30, going. Thirty thousand commandments. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but no, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not sure about the name of the team. It sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's a case. I guess case it also basis. depends if it's always been a part of it. Like, well, it's like when when they added it above the England badge, it was like we don't need to know. You know, England has a nice distinct badge. We don't need the word England written yeah. on it for crying out loud. Anyway, personal gripes apart. Right, <laughs> we're all up to sunny Spain. <laughs> e viva Espanol. Espanol. <laughs> In 1982. Uh, so, yes, it's the kids of Welcome 1982. Now, I will make the caveat that, of course, being the young person that I am, um, I didn't see World Cup 1982. Actually, it's more because I wasn't into football at all. Uh, and as I, as I may have mentioned it once or twice, uh, Mexico 86, that was my tournament. That's where I got into football. Um, may have mentioned it. Um, so, uh, so, this is more your bag, Chris. You were... You were alive then. How old were you at the time? I was only a couple of months short of my eleventh birthday. So this is by the um, by the the old trope. Um, this is my favourite World Cup because I think they say was it the one that's closest to your tenth birthday is your is your favourite, and it it certainly works for me because I was still ten. Um, as I've probably mentioned on other podcasts before, the nineteen seventy eight World Cup. I've got two very fleeting memories of that. Uh, that's one of the goals being scored in the final. I remember seeing on the TV and all the confetti being thrown on. But that's uh, that's literally all I saw of the 78 World Cup. Um, 82, I was nearly 11 years old. I was totally into football and it was a terrific World Cup. Absolutely my favourite. It's, I mean, so many great teams and goals and players. And I mean, you only got to say Brazil 1982 and that's it. That's me in a reverie really for, for like the next few hours. It was just... I loved it, and there was something about the fact that, um, like once I just, once I got my head around the fact that there was these things called World Cups that happened every four years, you sort of think, okay, so it's all the best teams in the world playing against each other, and it's not in Britain, and better still, in the case of the nineteen eighty two World Cup, it was held in a country which was hot and sunny, and that just that that just completely added an extra dimension to my interpretation of football at the time. It was just 
it was like being on another planet and seeing all these amazing teams and amazing players. So, yeah, I mean, I it's just like my favourite World Cup still is, really. Uh, but we're here to talk about the kits, of course, rather than anything else. We are indeed. Um, and what we've decided to do, rather than to go through every single kit, because uh, as I also discovered when we started to talk about this, I had forgotten that this was the first World Cup with 24 teams. I was thinking they were yeah. still with 16 at this point. But yes, 24 teams. So we're not going to go through all 24 home and away kits. Uh, but what we are going to do is, I would say pick our top three, but every time we do this, we always end up with like a top six <laughs> and... At least, well, I say that because I know I've got a top six <laughs> because I can't, I've got a top two, kind of, and then I've got at least four others, and I'm really struggling to sort of choose between them. But one thing I really wanted to point out, actually, was going through all these kits, is, and we've said this before about on lots of things, that for people who think templates are a modern uh, scourge on the game, and we've always said. Go back to the 80s, because it was template-tastic. <laughs> well, this World Cup really proves it, because you look through all the team, all the, the teams there, and pretty much most of the Adidas kits are like one of two templates. And it, it's mm. a bit like when we looked at the 86 World Cup kits before, that there's a sort of, a, a sort of modern-ish-looking template, which I think in the terms of the Adidas ones is like the sort of pinstripe with a plain V-neck. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a sort of slightly older, more like old-fashioned looking kit. Um, and I think Poland exemplified both of those. Their home yeah. kit is the more modern sort of simple V-neck, nice white uh, with red pinstripe shirt. But their away kit is a much sort of 70s style, all red kit with a winged collar on it. And it's interesting because I think when we looked at the 86 World Cup kits years ago, they were the same sort of thing. There was a new uh, sort of modern template for that and then a slightly older one with a collar on it as well. But it's literally the case here. Most of the um, the German... Not the German. I'm just looking at the German, How easily influenced am I by things I'm seeing in front of me? Ah, oh, shiny objects. Um, most of the Adidas... Yeah, most of the Adidas kits are of that style um but what's also interesting as we noticed earlier is that when i was going through the list i noticed chile um had a sort of a certain template which is it's an adidas kit and it's got a um a line what's the old line what's it called the one where it goes from oh um, yeah well it's got piping what's the name of the actual sort of style not jackard Um, you always say jackard it's not jackard is it John will be cursing himself here at this point. Going, it's this. It's be shouting at the shouting at the the headphones. Oh. Um, yeah. Anyway, a line going from under the uh, under the armpit to sort of round on the neck. That style. Um, <clears throat> and but then we I noticed Austria had exactly the same sort of kit. But then I realised Austria is supplied by Puma, and Chile is supplied by Adidas. So there's even the the phenomenon even back then of teams having similar templates across manufacturers. So mm. it, it, it really does show that it's definitely not a modern phenomenon. I mean, I always remember moaning about the 94 World Cup, saying that, you know, every single Adidas kit was the same. I know it wasn't. And actually, I think mm. I think it might have been Dennis Hurley who actually pointed out there was only about four or five that were one template and there was quite a few of another. But it's like, obviously, I was just doing it for, you know, just to be pedantic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you really do notice it on these. There's this, and, and a lot of the teams, even the home and away, 
it's the same style of shirt. Well, I mean, like England's was for for one thing, but Hungary is the same, just reverse colours. And it really is that there's not huge variance in the kits. So choosing three as favourites is not that easy, especially not to someone who, you know, this this whole World Cup looks quite old fashioned because it was before my time, so to speak. And actually, yeah, Mexico '86, I was 11. So you're right, Chris. I mean. I think for me, it didn't help that none of my family liked football, so I didn't. It was never even on in the background, and when the news came on, you know, they didn't really sort of cover the football much, you know, in, yeah. in my house. So, yeah, I didn't even. I don't even remember the '82 World Cup being on. I, I might have been vaguely. Actually, no, I was aware of it in a sense because I remember the um, England and the Scotland singles that came out. Uh, which was, was it this time? Yes, more than any other time, etc. Yeah, and and the Scotland one was the one with, oh, what's his face? The Scottish bloke, obviously, reading out a poem. Oh, over. the fella from um, Gregory's Girl. Um, yeah, from Gregory's Girl, yeah. St. John, someone? Not oh, Ian, not yeah, Ian John, John Gordon Sinclair. That's him, John Gordon Sinclair. Yeah. Similar to his old name, <laughs> but yes. So I remember it being on, and it, and it, it was covered in things like looking and things like that, and other kids' mags, you know. But I, I just wasn't really aware when it was actually happening. Um, yeah. So you're right. When when you're 11, that's that's your World Cup. Um, so to the kits, yes. go on then. What is your? Should we do this in reverse order? I Although think so. that, I mean, I've got to choose one. So what is your third favorite kit then, Chris? Or your selection of third favourite kits. <laughs> well, I, I should say at this point, um, I managed to narrow it down to a sort of top four and then obviously had to get rid of one so I had my top three. And it was just painful because the, the kit that's been left out to make way for, for a top three, is, is, it's a really good kit and it, it pains me that I can't include it in the top three. Um, yeah, I, just before I start, I just want to sort of say, actually, I kind of chiming in with what you said that because there are so many adidas template kits there's like two or three adidas template kits and they're all fairly simple they're very smart and they looked quite modern really at the time if you think about it like a couple of years before this world cup we were still saying goodbye to those admiral kits with the you know big winged collars and logo taping everywhere and suddenly all these adidas kits were flooding in with the three stripe trim and it just looked improbably modern at the time i just remember thinking they looked really good but of course you know you see like compared to modern day kits they seem a little bit sort of boring unfortunately and i and I, it's it's a shame to sort of say it but and, and you shouldn't compare like for like but um yeah the, obviously there wasn't a lot of detail um but because there were so many of those adidas kits and and you come now to sort of try and work out which is the best kit of the tournament it's sort of um makes it difficult because a lot of the kits do look so similar in in terms of that sort of template look that particularly Adidas brought in. Anyway, all that aside, my third favorite uh, third favorite kit that I'm going to suggest is and you'll love this, it's the England 1982 home kit. Or home shirts, depending on if you're looking at shirts or kits. Now, we've done this before so many times on different podcasts. You know, essentially the, the shorthand is I really like it, Rich really hates it. 
but in 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 an attempt to try and bring some sort of new comment to the table, um, the reason is I like I could have picked this as being my absolute favourite, and the reason I've picked it as my third favourite is because um, although it has a very distinctive look and it's it, no other kit at this World Cup looks like it. Um, I, I mean, I love it for that for its originality, but it just fails to reach complete um, untouchable classic status by virtue of the fact that it, the Admiral styling of this shirt doesn't quite have that classy polish that Adidas kits have. Just by having three stripes on the sleeve, I don't know why, but Adidas kits just look effortlessly stylish. They could have nothing else on the kit. But just because of those three stripes on the sleeve, it, they, it would look great. What Admiral had, of course, were those stripes that go across the top of the um, across the top of the sort of shoulders, which was great. That's original. But then the only other sort of styling or feature that you have really is this sort of thin line of blue and red. Well, they call it piping or whatever you want to call it, trim, um, on the V-neck and on the sleeves. And I mean, it's not disastrous. It doesn't look terrible. But, you know, Adidas wouldn't have done that. And then, of course, Admiral, you know, they're, they're two different companies. It's Admiral we're talking about. But it's, if, I think, <laughs> I, I know this probably doesn't work out if you if you think about it too deeply. But if you were to put three Adidas stripes on the sleeve of that England shirt, it would probably look perfect. And as we know, Adidas did do... Uh, a template like this. I think it was the Register 18 template. I didn't write it down. I've lost me a bit of paper now. Um, the the Register 18 template, which came out um, in 2018, a sort of simplified version of that England shirt. And it even, like, that doesn't look completely 100% perfect. It's a little bit too sort of oversimplified compared to the Admiral one. Um, but anyway, sorry, I'm rambling here. Suffice to say, it's it's a very distinctive shirt. It's great. But I think if Adidas had designed it back in 1982, it would be an all-time classic, and it's not quite. How about that for balance? <laughs> um, no, here comes the balance. After <laughs> <laughs> you've eulogised it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think if you're three stripes down the, the sleeve, it would make it even worse. Well, yeah, I, I it's, sort of, it's, yeah. It's an, over, it's an overblown kit as it is. <laughs> Yeah, like you say, I'm not a massive fan of this. I'm warming to it over the years, but I still think... I think what it is, I think it gets far too much love, and I think that's down to nostalgia. Hmm. And I can't moan at this, you know, we, <laughs> whenever we go back. My favourite kits are always from the year 1986, so, you know, and the mid-'80s. You can't help nostalgia because they are the kits of your youth, mm -hmm. and they will always look great because it's what you grew up as a child with. So, But I just think this is not... And of taking the objective view on it, it's not a good England kit. Mm. It looks more like a GB kit, like that you'd wear for the Olympics. It's got very, you know, clearly sort of um, Union Jack elements to it, mm -hmm. or Union flag elements to it. So it doesn't. It's, I, that's the thing that's always bugged me, and I've always much preferred the Umbro kit that replaced it, which was a much more minimalist, you know, Boring. and yet classy. <laughs> But no, not boring. No, not boring. Yes, the wrong word there, Chris. The wrong word. Uh, for this is garish and overblown. 
uh, it's a much more classic uh, minimalist is the one that replaced it. Yeah, yes. this is this is, an, but again, like I say, I'm warming to it over the years. I think one of the things I hated about it at the time was the the neck, which I've always said, mm. like where the necks the the V neck meets in the middle, it always seems to be really stretched, like you know, almost about three inches long where it meets in the middle where the stitch line is, and I just never liked that on a kit. The Argentine in the 1990 shirts suffered from the same thing, mm. so I just think it looks overblown. Anyway. That's enough of that, because I'm not here to argue with your uh, kit choice. But I am instead going to choose mine. And this is where I did struggle, because, uh, as I mentioned, I have a top two and then four kits that were in contention for my third choice. But I have just decided. So the three that I have ejected are the Belgium home kit, which... Much as I love it and much as it is a classic, I just also think it's just a bit too much. Hmm. Just a little bit too much. I think if it had followed the old, the the Adidas, the, sorry, Adidas, the Admiral template of having the stripes down it, like Wales's kit did, that would have been nice. I think the Admiral logos all the way down <laughs> just is way too much. So... I, it's a great shirt, and I think it looks much better in the all red than with the white shorts. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's just too much. <laughs> so the second one that I've rejected is the France Home, which is a great-looking shirt. You, you know, again, and this is one where you're right, Chris, the Adidas stripes really make it look cool. Mm. I mean, the France Away shirt is nice with the pinstripes, but the plain blue and the sort of mixed... Adidas stripes colour. It just looks great. Mm. However, there's a better one. Um, <laughs> so I've ditched that off the list. The third one that I've ditched is the El Salvador shirt. Mm. I just love the El Salvador shirts with the giant ES on it. <laughs> I just think it looks great. You know, they're, they're completely unique in that sense. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, it's all right. And I think the problem for me, though, the thing that sort of holds it back is it's it's the old-fashioned template with the wing collar, yeah. which by this point in the early 80s is starting to look a bit dated. So I ditched that, and ironically, <laughs> the one I have chosen, I think, does also have a wing collar on it. It does, in fact, it looks even more old-fashioned, but I've gone for the Spain home shirt. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, I've actually gone for the kit, I would say, mm-hmm. rather than just the shirt. Because it's the overall look. What I love about it is it's a really minimalist shirt, a vibrant red, a nice light blue for the shorts, and the black socks. Mm. Or is it navy socks? No black. Either way. Uh, and it just looks great. It's just a, a sort of very simple kit. Absolute classic Spain. Nice big badge on there as well, and <laughs> a tiny Adidas logo. And it just looks great. I just think it looks really smart. Um, yeah. And I think this World Cup, I've tended to go for the ones that are less is more, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's my third shirt. What do you make of that, Chris? Well, I'm glad you've, you've picked the Spain kit because, you know, um, a few people have sort of been a little bit uh, negative about it, really. Uh, um, when I've sort of seen comments about it, I think people sort of see it as being a, a boring Spain kit. But I, I remember falling in love with it when I was a kid. Um, and I think it's really because you've, they've used, Adidas have used yellow for the three stripe trim on all three parts of the kit, even on the sock turnovers, I think. 
and it just works really well. It just is a bit of continuity that run, runs through from shirt to shorts to socks. And the red, blue, black is just such a distinctive combination. It's It sort of shouldn't work, but it really does. And as I say, if you add yellow in, you've got a fourth colour as well on the palette. And I think it's really good. I remember when Spain switched to Lecoq Sportif for the 86 World Cup. Still a great kit, but it was a lot plainer. It was even more simple than this one because you didn't have all that Well, yeah, because it, it didn't have the Adidas stripes on it. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. You're right. The yellow Adidas stripes really add to it. and mm. add a, a, it, They just make it look, like you said, cool. Yeah. It just, it just something about it looks sophisticated. Yeah. And I, I think you're right, yeah, because I did like the Spain shirt in Mexico 86, but the lack of the Adidas stripes on it does take away from it. And it just take it, it just puts it into the realm of too plain. Mm. Um, so there we go. So what's your second choice then? Well, before I give you my second choice, I can update you on shirt terminology. Um, the thing that you were trying Ooh, to remember earlier on, the sleeve, it's a raglan sleeve, I think you used to try. That's it. Yes. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> this <laughs> oh, just it's so frustrating that we always forget it. Yeah, I know. It's one of those words that just evaporates from my feeble brain cells. Um, well, this will no. make you laugh. My second best choice is the Belgium kit. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the reason I've gone for this is I've gone for basically the other Admiral kit in the tournament. Um, but the reason I like it is because of something that it was, it just came to mind only the other day. So obvious, but I never really give it much thought. And that is that like Admiral famous for a tramline template which of course everybody knows Coventry City Wales you name it you know the, all these teams are wearing it um but here we are in 1982 when we're a couple of years removed from that stuff from that template famous as it was with the flappy winged collar and the logo taping everywhere and it suddenly dawned on me the other day I thought what did Admiral do when they got to this World Cup? Because they clearly they had the England contract. That's fine. England they had a kit that had come in in 1980, but somehow they ended up with the Belgium contract, which is kind of odd in its own right. And I can only imagine they must have had some meeting there where they thought, "What can we do for Belgium? What can we do for Belgium?" And they thought, "Look, we're into the 80s now, and we're." starting to say bye-bye to all those old 70s designs but let's i can only guess they said let's give the tram lines one final hurrah let's give them a viking funeral and let's just slightly update it make freshen it up for the 1980s so we'll get rid of the flappy collar and the logo taping we could actually have on the on the tram lines instead of the stripes as you said rich and what you're left with is a is a really distinctive early 80s kit design and I just think it's terrific for that. The fact that they just, they didn't sort of consign the template to the bin and say, well, that was in the seventies. They just said, right, one last time, let's make it really good. And it looks fabulous. And yeah, it's the same collar as on the England, um, shirt. It's that plunging V neck and all that. But even that's in two color, black and yellow on the red background. I used to think, incidentally, by the way, back in the day, I used to think that Belgium's home kit was white. And that red was the away kit. And I don't know, at some point, eventually I realized the truth and I was um, devastated because I, because the white version of this kit is unbelievable. I just think it looks even better than the red one, but they never wore it in the 82 World Cup, which is a real shame. 
Um, and I think they in '83 they got rid of it. I think they moved on to Adidas at that point. So I don't think they had this tramlines kit for very long. I think that's right. Um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, it's just it's a lovely design. Again, so original and distinctive, and unlike anything else in the World Cup. So again, well done, Admiral. But uh, I guess you've already given your comments about this, Rich. Well, kind of, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it is a great shirt and, and very distinctive. But, yeah, like I say, I, I love the term Viking funeral. <laughs> Just, uh, only on this podcast would you get football kits described with Viking funeral. Um, so, yeah, so and I suppose I ought to give my number two yes. then. And having said that my choices go for the less is more aesthetic... Um, yeah, I, that's a lie, uh, <laughs> because I've gone for the Algeria home shirt. Right. Uh, specifically, the second variation of it. Yes. Uh, which is... So, the Algeria home shirt, bit of an odd one, all round, really. Mm. Uh, nice shirt. Um, it kind of... How on earth would you describe it? It's <laughs> kind of mostly a green shirt. It's got a Raglan style, uh, <laughs> or, or the... Or the or rather, the, the first version of the home shirt appears to have a raglan style. I'm not sure about the second version. I think it does. But it's kind of all green uh, with, the, with the green collar and then uh, sort of white... Uh, how to describe that? <laughs> sort of white fading stripes. A bit like... Do you remember Newcastle's barcode kit uh, yes. of the 1980s? Uh, kind of a bit like that, but only half of it with the sort of stripes getting smaller. And then it kind of runs down to the shorts. But then they had a second version of it where they had a white collar on it. And I just think that looks nicer. I just think it looks better. I mean, I've got to say, I love the away as well, which is the reverse of that. Um, Ooh, and then on the front, it's say, got... Oh, actually, yes. Sorry, just to jump in. Go I on. think I've, I've come to the conclusion that I think the green kit is the away kit because I think white is the Algeria. Oh, is kit. it? I think. Ah. Yes. I think. Well, in that case, then, it's the... Away kit, <laughs> but the second version the of version. it. Yes. <laughs> oh yes, I suppose that makes sense because if they were playing West Germany, yes, yeah. if and their home yeah. was was white, yes. I mean, the, to be fair, the white home shirt's really nice as well. Yeah. That's actually that's tying for my affections. But I just think the second version of the oh, the green away kit. But then also on the front, you've got um, what what does it actually say? It says basically Algeria. Yes. I think doesn't In it? Arabic script. Um, yeah. in an Arabic script but on the the alternative away shirt it's in a circle uh, whereas on the the other one it's not and they were and, and, and you know the trivia of this which is that they were worn in separate halves of the same match <laughs> yeah in the West Germany games insane yeah I don't know why I, so <laughs> that's the, who knows who knows back then it was <laughs> kids were a crazy world yeah. it was like the wild west yes the wiki wiki wild wild west <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just love that shirt, mm. and it's just—it's completely unique. Um, and I just love the green and white; it just looks really nice. So that's my—that's my second choice. Uh, completely abandoning the less is more, <laughs> and going for the more is definitely more, and possibly not enough. Um, so I suppose, without I, unless you wanted to comment on that, Chris, that comes to your your first choice then. Well, no, I mean, I, I, all I will say is. You remember I said I had a, a top four and I had to ditch one to make it into the last, you know, into the top three. So which one is it? It was either, I'm going to add some suspense into this podcast because damn it, we need some excitement. Um, it, it was either 
the Argentina home shirt or it was the Algeria green shirt, which we, I think we, we're going with away. We're suggesting that's the away. So which one was it, gents, listeners, ladies and gentlemen? Gents? What did I say gents for? Um, anyway. <laughs> you misogynist. <laughs> which one got ditched? Well, I'm re- I think I think you ditched the Argentina shirt. I did, and I'm really Thought you I'm might. gutted because honestly, it's got such. It's Lecoq Sportif, 1982. It's you know you only got to look at the Cameroon kit from the, which was also made, but it's just the styling is so continental compared to what we had in the UK. We had, we didn't have a lot of that in the UK at that point, and it just the the Argentina home kit is delightful. But there's not a lot to talk about with it, and maybe that's what's what makes it so great. I don't know, but yeah, I, unfortunately, that was my fourth best home, uh, fourth best shirt of the tournament, rather. Um, for my first choice, I've gone with the Algeria away shirt. Our, our choice is rather similar, as it turned out, Rich. Um, but um, yeah, I've gone for that green kit for much the same reasons as I've gone for the you know the England shirt and the Belgium shirt, which is that. It's an incredibly distinctive design. Um, there was so, I mean, the Adidas templates were fine, you know, smart, neat, all the rest of it. But again, not a lot you can say about them, really. They're just functional and whatever. And, and what I like about the, the shirts that I've picked in my one, two, three is that they all have a certain something which really makes you go, oh, look at that. And the Algeria green kit, the away kit, will we'll say, uh, amazing, really. In terms of which of the two variations I like, in, uh, the, in, like the kits that were worn in, against West Germany, I think I'll go for the one that was worn, worn in the first half, which, which has got the um, Arabic script sort of horizontally. I quite like the circular sort of, it's almost like a logo that was on the shirt they wore in the second half. Um, but I think I like the first half shirt better. Um, but they're both brilliant. Um and and strangely enough, like they were still wearing essentially the same kit in the nineteen eighty six World Cup, but no one really remembers that because, you know, in in eighty two Algeria just burst on the scene and they gave West Germany the run around and and it was they were one of the real shocks of the tournament in a way, but in eighty six they didn't quite match that in terms of their performance, um, but they but the kit they wore in eighty six was more or less the same kit, um, and even the current Algeria shirt. I think Adidas have tried to clumsily give a nod to it because the the current Algeria shirt has got two sort of diffused stripes down the right hand side, uh, but it's it's just not even on a on the same planet really. I just love this design because of those um, the stripes that go down the right hand side continue onto the shorts. You don't see that all that often. Even now, you don't see that too much. But I just think it looks so good. It's a cracking kit. That's got to be my favourite, really. So what have you picked as your favourite, Rich? Well, I've gone back to the less is more. Um, <laughs> I'd just also like to point out, before before we get the inevitable shrieks of why not, <laughs> neither of us have picked Brazil. No. And, that might be my number I mean, five. For me, it's an, yeah, for me, it's an obvious choice because I always prefer the 86 kit of Brazil <laughs> with the sort of thin V-neck and the collar, even though technically that's more... I suppose you could argue that's kind of a bit more old-fashioned. Mm. But hey, call it nostalgia. But I always mm. just think just the plain round neck for Brazil is just a bit boring. That's, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I know that's like sacrilege because especially, 
you know, in the quarterfinal against Italy, it just looked amazing. But I think that's... Do you know what? I think Brazil always look good when they're playing a team in blue. Because you think France in the quarterfinal of the 86 World Cup, it was yellow against blue. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a great combination of kits. And I just... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Again, yeah. Brazil 82 were a classic team. And it's a nice, simple shirt. You know, I mean, it's no different from the from the 1970s shirt apart from obviously the badge mm-hmm. but for me having said all that uh my favorite is the italy home kit Ooh. kind of for the same reasons i'm i'm rejecting the brazil kit <laughs> because it's quite basic i just think the the italy home kit is just gorgeous it's like it's just plain blue uh, obviously back then they didn't allow any manufacturer's logo on so that's it's just the badge it's the classic shield badge with the three colors in it and italia written across the top nice and plain and simple and it's got a great okay it's it's got a collar on it but the collar's got the sort of the uh this sort of green white and red trim on it mm-hmm. so that looks great and then even the cuffs have got the trim on it so it's little details that just make it that rise above just the sort of plain, but it's it's the sort of minimalist look that I love about it. It's just like it's a completely classic, unfussy looking design, and I just love it. Mm-hmm. I just think it looks absolutely great and worthy of the winners. I would say. <laughs> I still am a little bit conflicted about the 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 Italian kit, uh, which supposedly was designed by Ennio Capassa. Uh, the founder of the fashion label Costume National, um, and he was inspired by the Italian flag, which is why you've got those little bits of trim on the collar and everything. I don't, I still don't quite know what to make of it. It's a nice shade of blue, I'll say that. It's a good choice for the shade of blue. Um, and I'm not sure about the trim on the collar, really. It's it's a little pop of colour. I suppose it's not too vulgar and obvious, so we have to give it credit for that. Um, it's definitely one of Italy's better kits that they've had down the years. I just wonder if it's a bit too simple. But then, you know, as we've been saying all along, Brazil, Argentina really were wearing kits that just boiled the the, the whole sort of look on field to, to its essence and then just tried to do it in a stylish way. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a really good kit. But I'm not sure if it's one of my favourites. It's it's certainly among the best that Italy have worn. That's that's kind of what I shall say on that one. Good choice, though. Oh, thank you, sir. Um, and so that concludes our top threes for the World Cup 22. Did you? No, not World Cup 22. World Cup 82. <laughs> Did you? Getting ahead of myself. What, what I thought was tricky because I was trying to pick a, like a worst kit, and it's tricky because there wasn't, in my view, there wasn't really a bad kit. There wasn't a kit where you look at it and you sort of go, "Oh God, how could you wear that?" All you can really level no, at there's, there's a few for me. Well, I was going to say all you can really level at some of those kits is that they're boring, and on that basis, I'd probably. I mean, it sounds like I'm picking on them, but I'd probably go for the Honduras kit. But even that's kind of neat and smart. It's got the three Adidas stripes. It's just got a ring neck, which I'd probably prefer a V neck or a, or a wing collar or something. But it's even that. It's all right. If I was playing in a team and you gave me that kit, I'd wear it. I'm mean, not sure about the short shorts these days, but I mean, yeah, that's I'm 52 for crying out loud. But anyway, um, what, what would you sort of suggest? I'll, I'll give you some. I'll give you some terrible ones. Right, <laughs> Czechoslovakia. Right, boring. <laughs> Just a white shirt with a flappy collar. Yeah. 
boring. Sorry, a red shirt with a white flappy collar. Uh, Q8. Oh, well, um, yes. I, I don't know what the hell that collar's made of, but it appears very stiff. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's... It looks like... You know when you get a shirt and there's the sort of cardboard lining around the, the collar? Yeah. It looks like they've left it in <laughs> or they've overstarched it. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, like you say, Honduras, a bit boring as well. But also Scotland. Holy crap! That neck. <laughs> could you make it a bit thicker? Do you think? You know, if you if you made it a bit thicker, it could almost go down to the navel. And also the badge. Do you want to make it a bit bigger? You know, what was everything with? Everything's got to be large for Scotland that year. That's you know. another one that I still can't work out if I like it or not. It's it's different, but I don't. Uh, yeah, bit of a. I suppose the thing is, if you're only going to be in the first round, you've got to make an impact, <sighs> haven't you? Now look, Sorry, we've been I'm through cool. this already. <laughs> People were not going to like us if we keep taking the Mickey out of the Scottish. If look, you I keep am half Scottish. Them. I can take that. I can. I can take it. Right, I can take it. I'm half Scottish. I can do that. It's. I'm allowed. <laughs> I've got a pass. Um, <laughs> I tell you what. I, I think I prefer the the Scotland kits that preceded the one in eighty two. So the the Umbro ones with the all the logo taping down the sleeves. I just thought that was a lovely sort of interesting detail, but. Obviously, that had gone in '82, so there wasn't much left to look at, really. Oh well, never mind. Never mind. Um, Loads of trivia and facts. So. Like I won't go through all of it, but I, like I collected a fair bit of information. Adidas had 13 teams out of the 24, so that's like a 54% sort of share of all the kits. Um, and that France, the France kits, apparently, I think they're the same kits that they were wearing in the qualification rounds, but in the qualification rounds. They were the the kit had a, like a triangular inset under the neck, and at some point somebody said said maybe we should take that out, and um and so you had just a straight V neck and it looked better. Somebody has given us feedback. We've got lots of feedback actually about the eighty uh, two kits because we put a message out and asked people to um, tell us what they thought about some of those kits. What did we what did we sort of get in the mailbag? In the old, the old post bag. <laughs> yes. Hang on, let's just pull the postcards out like in the old days. <laughs> God, we're so old. Uh, so our old friend Kiwar, uh, he said a shout-out to the Northern Ireland versus France game for involving two kits with Adidas pinstripe perfection. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm again, I'm a bit... I'm not so much sold on the old pinstripes. To me, I think coming in, into football in the mid-'80s, pinstripes were looking very dated. But I do except that they were a classic look at mm. one point but i just think that again it's like for me personally because of when i got into football admiral were like a kind of i never appreciated the amount of work that they'd done and the mm. sort of the sheer quality of some of their earlier stuff because i caught them at the end yeah and it's the same i think for pinstripes i always regard pinstripes as like oh well that's like kind of early 80s which Yes, it was, but at the time they they were kind of almost, you know, an innovative thing. They looked really great and very very modern. So I always think I perhaps give pinstripes a bit of a bit of a hard time of it. Yeah, but that's just me. So, I'd, what else did we get? Well, I was just going to say I love that Northern Ireland away kit back in the day. In fact, there's although there were a lot of pinstripe kits at that World Cup, some of them looked better than others, and I think Northern Ireland was one of the better ones. I think New Zealand's one was great. Um, and yeah, the France one obviously had red and white pinstripes, two color pinstripes, which was very um, flash. But uh, yes, inclined to go. Thank you very much indeed to Kiwa Chunkibsvich. I think I'll, apologies if I've mispronounced the surname there. 
Um, Stel Laguna on Twitter slash X uh, said that French shirt had been worn for years, but just taking out the white V panel and making it in short sleeves, it somehow looked a completely different shirt and one of the best in the tournament. Uh, interesting point uh, that he makes. He says Hungary wore the same design, but in red, but it somehow didn't work as well. And I'm, I, I, I kind of agree with that. I think it looked better in the blue of France. Not that the Hungary one was terrible, but what are you thinking, Rich? Uh, I I agree as well. I mean, it, I'm kind of biased because blue's my favourite colour. But mm. yeah, I do. It just, but like I say, I nearly went for that um, in my own choices. So yeah, I've got to agree. Cool. Um, next up, Phil Arnold said faves Brazil. See, I knew someone would take it. <laughs> uh, France and Belgium ish all home, uh, and worst Spain. What sacrilege! England away with you on that one. Uh, and it says, as I was only one at the time, my memories only come from the monotone Brian Robson's World Soccer VHS with its odd Smith's Crisps sponsorship. <laughs> Try saying that easily three times. Smith's Crisps sponsorship. I remember the Smith's Crisps sponsorship. Yeah. I couldn't say it once there. Um, I think they used to sponsor the, the England youth team as well, didn't they? I think you actually had Smith's, yeah. the logo That's on right. the shirts, yeah. I do believe. Good shout. That. Uh, Good knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> yes, mm, good knowledge. It was always a sort of slightly low wattage sponsor, wasn't it? When, when they had these things, nothing against Smith's Crisps. It's Although, yeah, you know, it's not. I Coles, mean, potatoes though. do want to be Smith's Crisps <laughs> if you believe the adverts. God, where does he get these things from, listeners? I don't know. It makes me wonder. It, mate, if I if I could actually re- to retain useful information, like I could retain useless information, I would be a genius. <laughs> Unfortunately, as it is, I'm not. <laughs> not by a long shot. Oh, dear. Um, and then we also had from our old friend Steve Halliwell, um, uh, the Algeria kits are great in both colours and design. Too many so-called kit connoisseurs concentrate on just the shirt and forget about the rest of the attire, which we totally agree with. Mm. Uh, I agree the top mm. is the main feature, but not the whole story. And that's exactly what you pointed out, Chris, where the fact that it runs down onto the shorts. Mm. And it's, I mean, see, it's, it's an interesting one because sometimes that works really well. Like, for instance, the, the Admiral... Um, the, the tram lines Belgium, one. Yeah. I think if that hadn't run down to the shorts, it wouldn't look half as good. And in fact, that's proved, I would say, by Kovskit last season, because we did have the tram lines and it didn't go onto the shorts and it looked like half a kit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I mean, for instance, like the Belgian one, I think looks better with it as well, but only just. But he's totally right with the, the Algeria one. It really did make it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we totally agree with you there, Steve. Indeed so. And we also heard from Andy Rockle, who uh, sent a picture of the Cameroon kit and said, this beauty from Le Coq Sportif. It is a lovely kit. And strangely, the the, the detail I like about the the Cameroon kit was the yellow socks with the double red stripes going around in sort of pairs of parallel stripes going around, which was a a Le Coq Sportif thing. Uh, You'd see that on the the, uh, Aston Villa kit that they had by Le Coq Sportif back in the day. Um, I think they had... um, double stripes and stuff like that so um yes a very nice the lecoq sportive kits back then were just superb indeed they were um and we also had some feedback from the first episode of kit commandments again steve halliwell our old pal 
blackout or whiteout shirts which hide the club crest. Just a money grabbing scam. Basically, they're just t-shirts, albeit very expensive naff ones. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think we pretty much agree with your point on that one, there, Steve. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and especially as I mentioned earlier, if they're not ever worn in a match, that's not a match shirt. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You can call it a blackout kit if you want. It's not a kit. It's a leisure shirt and nothing more. Sorry. Very much so, yes. I mean, fine at first when they started coming out. Yeah, a bit of a novelty, but it's just like, yeah, we've seen it now. We know how that works. Let's all move on, shall we? Uh, what else we got? Um, National Football Shirts on Twitter. NF Shirts. Um, hello to you. He says, uh, though, thou shalt not fill football shirt news websites with concept kits, which is something that I think I either said explicitly or you know, inferred in some way on the on the last podcast. So I'm glad that you agree on that one because that's kind of that was one of the things I think I was trying to get across that I want to know like, you know, the new kits that are coming out. Don't tell me about concept kits. That's just I mean, nothing against concept kits. Sorry, Jay. Sit down. Sit down, Jay. Thank you. Um um it's just like they're better off on a site like Design Football because then you 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 know you can see a whole community trying to be creative. But like if it's a news, if it's in essence a news website, and you want to know about the new kit launches that are coming out, that's yeah. Don't want to see that. I don't want to see football boots. Sorry, I'm, I said all that last time. Sorry, I'll shut up. That's all right. Um, we also heard from Dennis Hurley, our old friend from Museum of Jerseys. Uh, his commandments were change kits only worn when there's a clash. Yep, agree with that tick. Uh, away shirt kept for the following season as a third. Yes, love that idea as well. And away or third must be interchangeable with the home, preventing teams having two or more sets of shorts or socks in the same colour. Well, well, this is the thing of yours, isn't it, Dennis? The old, the overall kit clash. Mm-hmm. So yes, what do we make of that one, Chris? Yeah, inclined to agree, really. Um, I'm all for sort of interchangeability on those things. So yeah, gets my approval. Too right. And finally, we heard from Kit Geek, Gav Hope. Uh, long sleeve shirt options to be provided for sale. Yes, totally <laughs> on board with that. And actually, that's one thing that Cov with Hummel have done the last two seasons. We've got her, all of the kits that we have are available in long sleeves as well as short sleeves. They cost like five quid more. Hmm. I'm not really sure if the extra material's worth it, but you know, it's 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 good to have the option. Uh, and finally, a goalkeeper kit should have an element of club identity through colour, details, slash accents, not just templates. And then, for instance, and the two examples he provides are the '98 uh, World Cup goalkeeper shirt from david seaman which is basically a kind of re- almost like the reverse colors of the of the home shirt uh and also a, a very old uh tottenham kit which was the uh how would you describe that the one with the chevrons across the uh shirt and the lines going diagonally across it um and that is uh ray clements wearing that one in the sort of in a sort of navy and um, light blue, mm. but that was when the the home shirt was the same style. That's right. Um, I'm I I like that as an idea. Actually, I'm not necessarily sure if I would be so strong about it as to put it as a commandment, but I like the idea. And I think if we saw more of it, I think I think probably we would agree because I think if you saw that more, I think it would look really smart. Mm. So yeah, I I'd not say I'd ninety nine percent 
there just not sure if i'd put it as a commandment yet yeah i think i'm what do you think i Chris? agree i just want to also say um actually gav hope sent us about i think it was four pictures actually i've just put two on our little crib sheet here by the way so just in case you were thinking gav like you know i sent them more pictures than two yes yeah, so i just put a couple on just for um, a quick reference but um but yeah i I'm absolutely in agreement with you, uh, Rich, and and I just wonder whether new kit designs, as we see them these days in 2024, they can be so complicated, some of them. I wonder if you could replicate them just in a different colour scheme, because there's there's such a lot of detail, there's sort of intricate patterns and things going on, Um, but I certainly would like to see someone try um, because I think it's, it's, again, it's that word continuity between keeper and outfield players, if you can add the same elements to to the goalkeeper kit but just change the colours um, yeah why not absolutely um, but as a commandment yeah it's, that's it's on a sort of wish list of mine I think but I'm not sure I'd put it down as a commandment but hopefully you get where we're coming from on that one Gav exactly um, I mean I just think about it as well it's like you know back in, back in our day uh, generally goalie tops were just plain green hmm. Um, yellow if you were lucky and I think when Warrior came when Warrior came back for Liverpool or sorry not came back but when Warrior took over at Liverpool I think their first shirts for Liverpool were the literally all very sort of 70s influence kind of all plain red um, mm. and I think their goalie top was a plain green one and I really liked it mm. and I, I thought it was cool but yeah I actually really like that idea in fact the more I think about it <laughs> and the more I'm envisaging it if all club kits look like that and national teams I'm inclined to put it as a commandment because I do actually really like it um, and I think it would look really smart so nice one yeah. um, and I think that, I think we should stop now because uh, I think we're you know if, if we haven't bored ourselves we're certainly <laughs> bored other people <laughs> especially with all this nostalgia and talk of uh, roto draw um, <laughs> and edge a sketch <laughs> and what was the other one? The one oh, with Smith's the crisp. Yeah, with the sides. How far do you want to go with oh, this? Oh no, thing? Smith's crisp. <laughs> Smith's crisp. Let's get back on super crunchies. Uh, right. So, it just remains to say, if you want to contact us at the moment, we're really only on sort of Twitter, uh, and that's at Devil Kit Pod. Um, but yeah, please do get in touch and feel free to comment uh, on anything we've said, whether you agree with us or not. It'd be really great to hear from you. Uh, but until next time, it's a goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. See, I got it right for the first time in how many Woo-hoo, years. Well done. <laughs> well done, sir. Four candles. <laughs> Thank you very much a indeed, goodbye. listeners. Goodbye. Smith's crisps. So good, every potato wants to be one.